There's breaking news out of Washington, D.C. Politico is reporting that a draft majority opinion has been leaked, overturning Roe versus Wade. What does that leak mean? Is Roe overturned? And what should we do as pro-lifers if Roe falls? We'll have answers to all these questions and more today on The Mark Harrington Show. Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can donate to our ministry by going to MarkHarringtonShow.com. Just click on the donate link, and you can subscribe to the podcast by going to any of the popular podcasting platforms. Please share the program and leave a five-star review. My guest is going to be here is Katie Short with Life Legal Defense, and um She's going to be helping to answer some of the questions because I'm sure there are going to be a lot of them uh, because this is not normally how things work in Washington when it comes to the Supreme Court. This is not supposed to happen this way. So we want to kind of go through each one of these questions and ask them and get answers for you and and try to give us a roadmap forward uh, with the it looks like the very probable overturning of Roe versus Wade. So, Katie, thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me, Mark. And I appreciate it. Late notice. I know that you are following this very closely. This is what you do at Life Legal Defense. And uh, we appreciate the work that you do in defending us and keeping us out of trouble, trying to keep us out of court. And <laughs> so when I was texting you last night, I was asking, you know, what do you think? What do you think? So I thought, well, we'll just have you on the air today and we'll deal with it then. So uh, this is unusual, right? Let's let's first deal with that, that, uh, you know, I've been reading here and there that this is like unprecedented that the Supreme Court would either leak or this would be some kind of a hack or whatever. This information would come out before the decision was officially handed down. Uh, do you know in, in your history in doing this work, have you ever seen anything like this? I have not. And it is very, very unusual. And um, I, I've read some books, you know, by clerks who already sort of were pushing the limit of, you know, revealing what was going on behind closed doors. But in terms of an actual, what was going on behind closed doors, long after it had happened, uh, you know, but but to have a, an opinion come out before, uh, uh, you know, to get a peek into the deliberations and specifically a draft opinion before the final opinion is released is, as far as I know, unprecedented. I know that some of the liberals, I've been watching some of their tweets and such, and they say, oh, this isn't unusual. And they cite all these cases, apparently, that there's been leaks like this. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a leak like this on a, a case that has the magnitude of the Dobbs v. Jackson. That's for certain. Uh, we don't know what happened. Uh, we assume that there was some kind of leak from within the court, probably from a liberal justice or a clerk, possibly. Uh, at this point, I don't know whether it matters or not. It is what it is. But how does that bode for the integrity of the court? I know John Roberts and, of course, all of us want the U.S. Supreme Court, the institution, to have credibility with the American people. And the fact that apparently that these conversations and uh, were, you know, this has been leaked, that this actual document, I mean, it's the it is the opinion, the draft opinion. I'm reading it last night. That's crazy okay. that someone let this out. Well, I mean, you got to understand, Mark, that this, it, I mean, is clearly, Mark, this is a first draft. And right. um, 
Okay. Interestingly, last October, I, I actually heard Justice Alito speak. He was attending a, a, an event um, and uh, there was a little question to answer. And uh, one of the questions was about to explain police the process that, that these things, opinions go through. And he did explain, um, he said, you know, we talked about the vote that's taken after the uh, the oral argument. And then at that point, the opinion is assigned to a particular justice who is in the majority. The chief justice assigns it to a, a one of the justices. And uh, and then as, as Justice Alito put it, he said, and then if it's assigned to you, you draft the opinion and mm-hmm. then you circulate it. And what you hope for is that what comes back from the justices is this is perfect. Don't change a word. But he said that rarely, rarely happens. So we mm-hmm. really have to understand that this is a draft opinion. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you could, if this is the majority opinion, then there may be, you know, tinkering around the edges, right. but you wouldn't expect the actual result to change. But I also think it's important to recall that along with the opinion came that this leak of the opinion came a leak of a rumor. And the rumor is that there are four other justices who are in, in agreeing with Alito on this. And yeah. um, and so I and I think the and rumor, that's really the news. That that is really the news. That is as yes. as, as significant. If that's the as, case for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the inside baseball is in December. They they after the court was heard the case, the oral arguments. Which, by the way, I saw you out front of the Supreme Court that day. Uh, they get together. They have a conference, and I, they take an initial vote. Is that right? And then they assign the 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 decision based on that vote to one of the justices. At that time, apparently, John Roberts was not one of those, so it might have been assigned to Clarence Thomas because he's the senior uh, justice in the majority position, right? So did he hand it off to Alito? I know this is all speculation, but is that most likely what happened? Well, no, I mean, I don't know how you could say that John Roberts was not in the majority and then would have assigned it to Alito. I mean, he wouldn't have necessarily taken the, the opinion writing to himself. He could be in the majority and have assigned it to Alito. You're right. You're correct that if he was not in the majority, then which we're assuming that he's not at this point, probably. Uh, I mean, that's that's the rumor. But again, you have to understand what does the majority mean here? What we have is a law, Mm -hmm. a 15 week abortion ban. And the question is, is it constitutional or is it unconstitutional? And so, you know, that that is the basic holding before the court. And so you could have six votes to say to to uh, say that the law is constitutional to overturn the Fifth Circuit decision, but not six votes or even possibly five votes to overturn Roe. Uh, that's that's always been mm-hmm. our concern in this case. Is that is that uh, I I don't think there's you know would would there be enough justices trying to find a middle ground a something less than overturning Roe. Um, in terms of upholding the law, I, I only the most cockeyed optimists on the other side would say that they thought that the court would actually there be five votes to actually um, strike down this law. Gotcha. My guest is Katie Short with the Life Legal Defense. We're talking about the leak of the draft opinion, uh, majority opinion, at least at this point, from Samuel Alito that was leaked to the Politico last night. And uh, we're trying to get some make some sense of all of this. Uh, Katie, so let's go through a couple of these questions that I have. I asked my staff this morning to actually give me a few of these, and I want to get your take. Uh, so this is not a final p- decision. I can answer that. 
what do you think will happen now? I know this is all this is speculation, but you have this draft out there. There's going to be dissents that are going to be written. Uh, do you believe that they're going to wait until the end of the term or could they rush this out because of the leak? What are your thoughts on that? Um, when you say they could rush this out again, it's it's a matter of the dissenters. I mean, it, to the extent, well, first of all, finalizing the opinion, is there perhaps by this point that there is a final majority opinion, uh, but uh-huh. you would have dissenting opinions and they could take their time about writing those. And, uh, and, and again, the, the drafts get circulated and then you could have concurrences. So the dissent raises a point. So somebody wants to write a concurrence, which responds to that point. Um, there's lots of things that could, could work to slow that down. Now, um, so when you say they could rush it out, the question is, who is they at this point? Right. Um, well, I guess it's all of them. I guess that that's probably you're answering my question <laughs> that more than likely they're going to take their time and, and use the full term to get it out. That's probably most likely some of nine individual justices, each, each of whom yeah. has their own uh, uh, mm-hmm. view and, and their own, um, you know, what, what they want to see happen in this case. Um, so let, that, let, me, let me ask you this. What if there is a strategy and we don't know at this point as to why this was leaked? And it's almost impossible, obviously, to know. But can you conceive of any possible strategy that would work to uh, reverse the this supposed overturning of Roe versus Wade between now and, and the time they actually released the official opinion? Um, I, if there was some hope, if, if, if the, if the, if again, assuming that this is a, there was a tactical decision by someone, uh, someone, and I think we all assume that it was a tactical decision by someone on, on the pro board side and why, why it was leaked to a, to a, a left, left-leaning uh, publication. Um, and I think the uh, perhaps that the thinking was that uh, there would be such a, you know, yeah, we had protests and pickets outside the Supreme Court as we have had for years. And we had in December and they had, I think, later on, you know, January 22nd or whatever. Um, but they they um, would. They thought, well, maybe now is the time, you know, if they if they if there was it was confirmed there are five votes to overturn Roe. Or, or we need to, we need to do something. We need to, or, or there's one, one justice who's going back and forth. You know, now is the time to drop the nuclear bomb, and and really get people excited about this. I think they probably have mis, miscalculated about that, though. Mm-hmm. I think the protests will not be different in kind than they have been for forty years, forty to fifty years. I, I think, yeah, you'll get people outside the court. And I, I don't think they will differ that much in kind or intensity from every time that the court has done anything in the pro-life direction. It's always been, it's the end of Western civilization as we know it. Right. I got that. So uh, when it comes to the leak, is there any protocol? I mean, the rules are not written, I assume, that, that this type of thing doesn't happen. Is there any repercussions for a justice or a clerk or some sign, someone in the court to release this kind of information to leak it. I read today that John Roberts this morning has now commissioned the marshal of the U.S. Supreme Court to look into this. What what happens in that case? What what goes on? Well, you're right. It is it is unprecedented. So I'm not. I don't really know. I mean, I I don't think I I can't imagine a justice being involved in this. Um, I really can't. I, I would think it's more, I, I think he more of a clerk. Um, and 
Now, do a clerks have uh, are they are they licensed to practice as attorneys? Are they attorneys generally or not? Uh, you know, in other words, can they be disbarred or something for this? Uh, they could. I, I mean, if they if they violated a a a you know broke a contract or an agreement that they signed, that would certainly be something that would go to their. Uh, general trustworthiness and and I could that could a bar consider that uh, in in you know moral turpitude sort of thing I I don't know I mean I guess it's possible and I'm not I'm just not familiar with the rules of all fifty state bars to see how much leeway they would have. Gotcha. I would think they. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Katie Schwartz, my guest. We're talking about the uh, the leak of the draft majority opinion by. Uh, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court, apparently, that Justice Alito has drafted the Politico release last night. Uh, so let's move on to the more practical, assuming that this is the majority position, OK, even though it might be tweaked, might be changed a little bit. Assuming that at the end of the term or somewhere between now and the end of the term, this is handed down and, and Rose overturned. What would we be doing differently or should be doing differently if Roe falls? I guess that's the first question. And then I'm going to ask you about the things that are the, the liberals in Washington are now, you know, getting a head start working on. So what, how does this change things if Roe falls? Well, you know, one thing I think last time we spoke about this more shortly after the argument, and I was I was predicting that that they the pro boards would not just accept this as the final word from the Supreme Court on on mm-hmm. abortion in the Constitution and that they would bring up other theories and uh, try to find, you know, compliant judges uh, who would go ahead. Yeah, we're going to I'm going to now you've brought this is a brand new argument and now I'm going to enjoin uh, the law based on this brand new constitutional argument. Um, one thing that this draft opinion does do is is it forecloses, for instance, probably the most likely argument is the equal protection argument that right. somehow abortion is. And so uh, th- this opinion says, nope, that one doesn't work either. And so yeah, I uh, was very as I read the decision late into the night, my eyes were beginning to glaze over. <laughs> uh, it, it seems like Justice Alito went out of his way to make clear that that isn't going to fly. Right. Equal protection argument for the abortion right in the Constitution is not going to fly with the court, which right. I thought was a very smart preemptive strike against those who are probably wanting to prepare a lawsuit. Like right, that. right, exactly. So, and and I think you know, even if they could shop around and find some district court judge who would say, "Well, that was just dicta because that wasn't really you know briefed or whatever," uh, I don't think it would survive a trip to a, a court, you know, the Circuit Court of Appeals. You know, so. Um, I I was very happy to see that. And um, and also kind of repeatedly talking about how it is not in the Constitution. okay? (laughs) and 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 the the laws that had been against abortion, you know, the the, the fact that abortion was criminalized, uh, you know, in in this country had been for a long time, continue to be up till the eve of Roe. So, um, you know, it, it was did seem to be trying to block the exit, so to speak. Um, so what does this do? If Roe falls, some people are under the impression that abortion is illegal across the country. We all hopefully understand that's not the case. Right. How does this affect, say, for an example, a heartbeat bill in the state of Ohio that has been held up in the courts because of the Roe v. Roe versus Wade decision? If Roe falls, 
what happens to a heartbeat bill generally or bills like it or trigger laws that have either going to be in, 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 put into place or are, are being um, are moving through the, the legislatures now? What typically will happen? Because I think a lot of people think that immediately like a heartbeat bill is going to go into effect the day after Roe versus Wade right. falls. No, is I mean, right? you, you you have to have the the uh, whoever it is, the attorney general. Um, to you know, go to court and move to lift the injunction and let, let the law go, go into effect. Um, and then, as I believe we also discussed before, you have to have you know prosecutors who are willing to enforce the law, uh, and attorney general or local prosecutors. Which um, you know, it is unfortunate that at this at this time, um, the the burden is still on the pro life movement to get everything lined up um, to to make this actually happen. You need to have the legislature to pass the laws. You need to have the executive to enforce the laws. And you need to have a judiciary, a state judiciary, who is not going to interfere either, because we, we have seen that over and over again. So it's unlikely that we're going to see an immediate uh, enforcement of laws that have been either on the books and have been enjoined uh, or, and or ones that were uh, in force prior to Roe versus Wade being handed down. So I guess it's time for us to start thinking what a post-Roe America is going to look like. Uh, I guess I'd like to ask you, you know, where we want to we want to have this balance between the fact that this is not an official position or decision of the court, but it certainly appears like Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned. Some of us, you know, like myself, I'm thinking, oh, this is certainly something we want to mark and celebrate to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But the time is not yet for that, I assume, right? I mean, we're marking the fact that it was leaked and what that means. But when it is handed down, assuming that it is uh, that it is overturned, how do you why how how would you go about marking that and and giving people suggestions on to uh, how to to treat this decision once it is handed down? Because I think a lot of people want to celebrate prematurely. Well, I think we do. One of the things that um, Alito, this draft opinion says, is this far and no further in a, in a certain, in a couple of respects. Uh, one is in terms of abortion itself, like the Constitution is silent, you know, uh, on abortion. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, uh, you know, is this, is this, uh, are we on the way to a actual finding that's, that, that, uh, or an actual holding that abortion itself is contrary to the Constitution, you certainly don't see that in this in the draft opinion. Um, right. The second, and the second thing is just as far as other, I mean, uh, Justice Lito also goes out of his way to say, and by the way, we're not touching a lot of our other crazy decisions either. You know, uh, gay marriage and uh, most, you know, all all these other uh, decisions that they come down, which are on equally shaky ground. Uh, but he says, no, 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 we're not we're not going there either. Um, we are just undoing this one egregious wrong. Um, so I guess that's, that's where you would have to, I mean, that's what the celebration would be is that an egregious wrong has finally been righted. And, and, and with that limitation, you know, we are back, we are back to not where we were, but where we, we are back to a point where we can, uh, you know, at least fight on a level playing field, a somewhat level playing field. Uh, I'm going to ask you to now even deep, more deeply gaze into your crystal ball and go beyond what we know the Biden administration is going to do and the majorities in the House, for sure, and Senate are going to attempt to do. 
there are other things that the federal government can attempt. Uh, One is I think the FDA may even go further with the abortion pill. They've already removed restrictions that limit uh, the abortion pills use uh, as far as requiring a a in-person meeting with the physician. And now you can do it over telemed. Do you see that as a possible move that maybe they would restrict states who are passing legislation right now to restrict the abortion pill? Do you think that the federal government might try to keep states from doing that? I I think that they will certainly be looking for ways to do that. But um, again, without the backstop of a federal court you know, the, the right to abortion. I mean, because for instance, you had in, you, you've had challenges to, I remember a case in Oklahoma and I'm sure there've been others where straight states have said, basically all they said was, we're going to, we're, we're going to follow the FDA rules, which were actually stricter than what abortion clinics were doing. And, and a court struck that down as, as because it was too restrictive on the constitutional right to abortion. But I don't know what sort of hook they would have um, to be able to say, you, you, you know, to uh, invalidate state laws that are are more restrictive than what the federal government chooses to do. For instance, you know, states are allowed to, um, uh, you know, you, if they wanted to ban smoking, you know, below the age of 25, they probably could. So, you know, or buying mm-hmm. cigarettes. So, um, I, I, I don't think that they could do that. They might link, try to link it to funding, though. Well, I think it was at least interesting this morning to see the Biden administration's reaction to this. They said that they were going to look to congressional remedies for the abortion uh, issue. And they were I I expected them almost to come out and say, we don't recognize the legitimacy of the decision, assuming it is what it is, or saying that this court is rogue. I I really was shocked to to see that they're saying basically assuming or going ahead with the notion that this is reality and they're planning for the future on a legislative level Uh, because they have said things about the court in the past on other issues when they don't agree with them and basically ignored them. So I I was really surprised to see that they didn't come out really strongly and just say, this is illegit. We need to expand the court. This is a good reason for it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think, I think where they've, you know, question the legitimacy of a federal court decision is where the federal court decision impinges on federal on uh, some sort of federal government action. Um, whereas here, it, this is the court stepping back and saying states are permitted to regulate and restrict abortion, and so mm-hmm. there the federal government is not in a position. You know, they 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 could say we don't recognize the legitimacy of of this decision, but the states states themselves certainly do, and they would right. they are the ones who would be you know, uh, closing down abortion clinics and, and finding, you know, penalizing abortion providers. Um, but I, I mean, I agree that they are at least pretending that we are going to put, you know, the, the entire, you know, every branch of the federal, I mean, every branch of the executive branch, every agency onto, you know, look for ways to protect abortion. I, I agree with you. Which that, is that, what they kind of did in the Texas heartbeat case as well. Right. I mean, they were, they were putting every resource they could, to try to turn that one around. Folks, I just want to exhort you. This is not an official decision of the U.S. Supreme Court. This is only a draft of a majority opinion by one of the justices. Uh, We don't want to celebrate. There'll be a time for that, at least at some level. 
but this is the time to get serious about our efforts uh, to end abortion altogether and provide the resources to parents who are considering abortion. And um, some of the things we're looking at doing here is to be able to uh, employ some of our resources in states where we have a really good chance of pushing over the finish line some of these laws that have been in on the books but upheld, are uh, held up, uh, maybe trigger laws, stuff like that. So we're going to be uh, unveiling other actions as things progress over the next months uh, after the road after this decision is handed down. And, and as a final note, we have to thank Donald Trump for putting three justices on the Supreme Court. The pro-life movement had something to do with that, no question. But who would have thunk Donald Trump, of all people, will be go, go down in the history books possibly as the man who put the justices on the Supreme Court to reverse the most egregious decision in the United States Supreme Court history. So uh, those who people who are never Trumpers, if you're not if you haven't come on side of the president, former president, this is the time to do it because this is big, big, big news coming out of Washington. Katie, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Mark. Katie Short, my guest. God bless you, everyone. And if you have further questions, go ahead and fill those out. Put those in the comment section and we will respond to them as we are able. And stay tuned to these platforms for more information regarding uh, this momentous uh, outcome, it looks like, at the U.S. Supreme Court, where it looks like they're going to be overturning Roe versus Wade. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.